I'm not a psychologist, but one of the definitions of trauma I've heard is uh, something you can't escape from, where you feel out of control and where you feel that you know yourself or someone you love might die. And for one in three birthing people in Australia, that's their experience of maternity care. But these are things that are really normalised in our hospital system. And then the stories we tell about birth is that, you know, birth is traumatic, it's scary, you know, you leave your dignity at the door, a healthy baby's all that matters, to kind of just wash over the fact that we've built this maternity system that doesn't have the birthing person's interests at its core. Hello, and welcome to Women on the Line, one of Community Radio's national feminist current affairs programs, produced at 3CR Community Radio in Melbourne and broadcast on the Community Radio Network. I'm Amy McMurtry. This show is produced on the stolen lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. We pay respect to elders both past and present of these lands, as well as those you are hearing us from today. On this episode of Women on the Line, we speak with Grace Sweeney, one of the coordinators of Home Birth Australia. As knowledge surrounding the transmission of COVID-19 is constantly changing, hospital maternity departments are rapidly responding, changing protocols and policies in an attempt to protect staff and patients alike from the virus. However, this environment leaves birthing people in a state of uncertainty. As a result, people are turning to home birth in unprecedented numbers. We speak with Grace about what home birth is, what makes it such a good model of maternity care. We also speak with Grace about the nature of hospital systems that don't always support the individual needs of birthing people and how this contributes to the high rates of birth trauma in Australia. Grace highlights community concerns for the sustainability of the home birth model and the ways in which Home Birth Australia are seeking to address this. My name is Grace Sweeney. I'm one of the coordinators at Home Birth Australia. And Home Birth Australia is the peak body for home birth advocacy and education in Australia. We are midwives and consumers um, all working together to increase access to home birth in Australia. Let's start by talking about the stats. Um, how many people roughly are having home births in a given year at the moment in Australia? Well, home births are really you know, it's an uncommon choice in Australia, mainly for cultural reasons, and that's reflected in the statistics. In Australia, um, less than half a percent of birthing people choose to have a home birth. So that's, you know, less than about a thousand births a year. But in contrast, in our Commonwealth neighbours like New Zealand, um, it's between three to five percent. And in the UK, it's uh, between two to three percent of births in a year. So the difference here is mainly for those cultural reasons. Yeah, so you talk about the cultural reasons. What kinds of reasons are those? Australian maternity culture, it preferences hospitals as institutions and it um, it structured itself in a way that's very obstetric-led and very obstetric-controlled, whereas in New Zealand, for example, um, midwives enjoy much more professional autonomy and that's reflected in their model. Yeah, so the New Zealand system split into two parts. Uh, one part operates pretty similar to here in which a birthing person or a birthing woman can choose to um, go to their local hospital um, and access that hospital for her maternity care. But the other part is really interesting and this is the model that many maternity campaigners in Australia are pushing for. 
So if someone doesn't want um, to have that relationship with a hospital, they can choose to um, engage a lead maternity carer. So, and quite often that is a midwife in the community. They enter into a partnership with, so it's a really, it's a relationship on a relatively even footing between midwife and woman. And that midwife is then empowered to support her client wherever she chooses to birth, whether that's at home, whether it's at a hospital, whether that's a birth centre. So it means that the woman has a lot more choices about where she chooses to birth, but also she's getting what we call continuity of care, which is when you have that relationship-based care throughout the pregnancy, throughout the postnatal period, and that has incredible benefits for the woman. You know, in Australia, home birth gets a pretty bad rap. A lot of stories talk about the, the dangers of all the, the kinds of things that can happen and the safety that's available to people in the hospital. What would you say to people that have those kinds of stories? Um, I think it reflects people talking about something they're not familiar with. You know, here most Australians aren't familiar with home birth. You know, they don't have the experience of, um, you know, their neighbours, their sisters, people they know having a home birth. So often it's considered to be something that's, you know, quite fringe and a bit weird. Often when people say, oh, hey, I'm thinking of having a home birth, one of the first questions they might get asked is, is that even legal? Are you allowed to do that? Which is really weird when you think about it. So, yeah, often when people think home birth is unsafe, it's just it's reflecting something that they're not familiar with. But, you know, that's absolutely not something that's borne out in the literature, whether that's, you know, internationally or here. You know, time and time again, we've got really high quality midwifery evidence that shows that home birth is very safe and indeed for some groups of women it's actually even safer than the hospitals. Sometimes people think it might be you know some hippies with some incense sticks and they're not really doing anything medical and it's all just on a on a wing and a prayer and that's absolutely not the case at all. Home birth in Australia is too expert midwives, highly trained experienced midwives who are, who've been looking after that woman for the entire duration of her pregnancy. And those two midwives are with that woman for the entire duration of her labour. Unlike in a busy hospital ward where the midwife might be having to run backwards and forwards between multiple birthing people, you know, between the computer, between shift changes, and you might have multiple carers over the progression of that woman's labour, in the home birth setting, you've got those two midwives 100% of the time only looking after that woman and her baby. In addition to that, these expert midwives carry with them many of the same drugs and resuscitation equipment that you would find in the hospital setting. So what this means is, if things do start to deviate outside the parameters of normal, these midwives can very quickly make the recommendation, hey, I think it's time to transfer to the hospital setting now, which does happen in some cases, and it's, it's pretty normal. It's not an emergency, it's just a recognition that Home birth is appropriate for some types of birth, not all types of birth. And when the things start to change, it's absolutely appropriate and normal to transfer to hospital. So just because someone's making a choice that they intend to birth at home, they don't always end up birthing at home. And that's still the home birth system working really well. Mm. So, yeah, tell us more about the hospital system. Like I'm aware that people often come out of hospitals quite traumatised. Yeah, what kinds of stories do you often hear of, you know, women who are having unsupported, I suppose, um, hospital births? I think the important thing to remember 
about hospitals, you know, number one, they're filled with people who want to do good. You know, I've never met any obstetrician or any midwife who's gone into the, the hospital system, you know, wanting to harm people. And I think that's true of all medicine. You know, these are people who are incredibly motivated to care for people. But the hospital is a system. Um, it's, a, it's a structure, it's an institution, and they're set up and organised in a way that serves their own needs. Um, and so then you've got the the imbalance between the birthing person by themselves and then all this weight of a hospital as an institution, which has got all these people, all these policies, um, and people get lost in the maze. For a lot of people, the care they received, it's not necessarily driven by their own needs and desires as an individual. You know, the, a lot of pol- hospitals have a policy, you know, you have this many hours um, to birth, you have this many, you know, minutes to once you're in the second stage of labour and these are really broad-based, population-based policies and they don't necessarily respond to people's own individual needs. And so for anybody who says, well, actually, that doesn't meet my needs, I don't want that or I want this and I don't want that and who's trying to organise care for them you know, for them as an individual, it can be really hard to navigate that system. And there's a lot of pushback as well because of that power imbalance. We don't have a culture in our hospitals that normalises consent um, and that normalises a respect for birthing people's autonomy and agency. Um, So often what this looks like is things being done to people in a way that we wouldn't really consider they've given informed consent to. For a lot of birthing people, um, they have the experience of being told, you need to have a vaginal exam now, um, or you're not able to access birth suite until you've had a vaginal exam. And you know, a lot of birthing people, for a range of reasons, might decline this because it's quite an invasive procedure. But, you know, so their own preferences are coming into conflict with the way the hospital runs their system. And it can be really hard for a lot of people to continually, you know, decline and decline again and again, no, I don't want this. And particularly in some cases, because care is often withheld until people comply with the policy. So what this might look like is someone might be told, you're not able to access birth suite until we've given you a vaginal exam um, to confirm that you're in active labour, or you know, you might not be able to get in, in the pool, um, which is a form of pain relief until we've given you a vaginal exam to check that you know, you're where we think we should be. So you've got this real kind of overriding of the birthing person's you know choices that they're trying to make for them based on their own individual needs and knowing when that comes into conflict with the way the hospital system is set up to manage its own liability and to run efficiently. Women on the line. And right around Australia you've been listening to Women on the Line We've been speaking with Grace Sweeney from Home Birth Australia about home birth and the problems with hospital-based maternity systems of care. Continue to listen as we discuss the ways in which birthing people are being impacted by changes in hospital systems during the COVID-19 global pandemic crisis. Grace highlights community concerns for the sustainability of the home birth model and the ways in which Home Birth Australia are seeking to address this. And I guess if we kind of take the next step what you see then is people you know having experienced trauma and how they then have to process that trauma yeah it's incredibly sad 
um, and frightening that in Australia, studies have shown that one in three birthing people would consider their experience of maternity care to be traumatic. One in 10 go on to have PTSD as a result of their birthing experience. And that's, that's not because of childbirth. That's because of the way we deliver maternity care. I'm, I'm not a psychologist, but one of the definitions of trauma I've heard is uh, something you can't escape from where you feel out of control and where you feel that you know yourself or someone you love might die. And for one in three birthing people in Australia, that's their experience of maternity care. So they might have experiences in our hospitals that are quite frightening. They might be told, you need to do this because your baby's going to die. Or they might experience essentially obstetric violence. What that might look like is, you know, someone giving them a vaginal exam, you know, essentially digitally penetrating them without consent. It might be, you know, being yelled at. It might be experiencing a procedure without consent. We hear all the time of episiotomies cut, which is a a surgical cut to the perineum without their consent. That's a massive violation of of their rights. But these are things that are really normalised in our hospital system. And then the stories we tell about birth is that, you know, birth is traumatic, it's scary, you know, you leave your dignity at the door, a healthy baby's all that matters, to kind of just wash over the fact that we've built this maternity system that doesn't have the birthing person's interests at its core. So evidently, you know, when we think about this kind of trauma that you talk about that birthing people are experiencing in hospitals, it seems like a pretty good reason to head towards home birth and the possibilities of agency in that space. Oh, absolutely. And like, I'm quick to say, you know, it's not the only reason why people choose home birth, not by any stretch. Um, Home birth is a fantastic model of care. You know, birthing people rave about home birth because not just because they've got that agency, but because they've got that relationship with a carer. Um, You know, in the hospital, you know, you might have appointments that are, you know, only five or 10 minutes long. And you'll see a different person every time and you won't really get the opportunity to build up that trust, that knowing with your midwife. And you most likely won't have that same midwife on the day you're giving birth anyway. Whereas in a home birth model of care, you've got the same two midwives looking after you all the way through your pregnancy. So they've got a much more detailed knowledge of your medical history, of you as a person, of your mental wellness, and of your individual hopes and desires for this particular birth and then looking after you in the postnatal period after you get this fantastic holistic support in your home for six weeks after the birth as well from a home birth midwife so it really it's support that wraps around a person so these are some of the things that women really rave about when they're choosing home birth and thinking about why they want it for them But yeah, absolutely. Most of the people coming to home birth tend to be um, second time mums. They've done the normal thing. They've done what everyone does. They've gone to their GP when they were pregnant. They got a referral to the hospital. They went to the hospital. They got chewed up and spat out by that system. As a result of that, they kind of go, what happened? I did everything right. Why did I have this horrible experience? And they start to look around, see what their other options are. And then so in their second or subsequent pregnancies, often they'll engage with home birth as a way of taking back a lot of that power and putting some structures in place to make sure they have an experience 
that really builds them up as opposed to one that they need to recover from. Women's on the line. Women on the line. Women on the line. So if we look at um, what's happening now during the pandemic, I understand that more people are starting to turn towards home birth as a kind of response to some of the restrictions that are occurring in the hospital system. Can you maybe just start by speaking to some of those restrictions that people are under? This is a changing space. It's changing from city to city um, and it's changing from week to week. But at the moment in Melbourne, um, there are restrictions on the number of birth support people. So previously you could have multiple people supporting you in labour. So you might be able to have your partner, you might be able to have your doula, you might be able to have your mum. That's not the case now. In hospitals in Melbourne, you're only allowed to have one birth support person with you. For a lot of people, this is really rough because it means they are having to choose between their partner supporting them and a doula, which is a professional birth support person. And this means they might not be getting the support that they need in their birth. In addition to that, where previously for most people, their partners were able to come and go as much as they needed on the postnatal wards. Now those postnatal visits are being restricted to one person for two hours a day. And that's really scary because what we know is the immediate postpartum period is a really vulnerable time for the birthing person's mental health. And so for them to be placed in a busy postnatal ward, isolated from all their support structures, only seeing their partner or support person for two hours a day, they might have just had a cesarean, they might be not sleeping, um, they might be having breastfeeding troubles, and to not be able to access the people in their life who are important to them, who are supporting them, except for that two hours a day, that, that's creating a lot of problems. In addition, what we're seeing internationally Um, in the States is there's a push towards uh, birthing people needing to wear masks in labour, which is a really rough ask when you think about it. And absolutely, it's coming from the perspective of keeping the midwives, keeping the hospital staff safe, but also it's just another challenge for the birthing person who's, who's essentially running a marathon to ask them to try to do that while wearing a mask. So that's not something that's come in in Melbourne yet, but we're starting to hear whispers about it. A couple of weeks ago, a prominent Melbourne obstetrician said that his patients were going to be needing to wear masks in labour. There was a bit of an outcry and that was quickly walked back. But when we're looking at what's going on overseas, that's something that could come in. Something that's going on overseas as well in the States is the risk of women being separated from their newborns um, if they're either COVID positive or if they've got symptoms of COVID, which is really scary because what that essentially means for some people is if they have a runny nose, they're at risk of being separated from their newborn. And again, this is in the States. This is not something that's happening in Victoria at this point in time. Um, And it's not something that's supported by the evidence at all. All of the guidance from the World Health Organization recommends that even where parents are COVID positive, that they be kept with their baby because of the the um, protective benefits of breastfeeding because of the protective benefits of that care. But things are changing in this space and they're changing quickly and they're not changing in consultation with birthing people. It's not a conversation about their individual needs. And so it's creating a lot of uncertainty. 
people are, you know, looking on the internet, they're, they're just being mindful of the conversations they're hearing, both here and internationally, and they're concerned. As a result of this, part of the, the risk calculus of, you know, what felt good to them, what felt like the best choice for their family before, that's starting to look a bit different now. Previously, where someone might have thought, you know what, hospital's the best choice for me, this is what I'm choosing, they might start to be thinking, oh, you know, I've done all this research because I'm not liking what I'm hearing about, you know, what's changing at the moment and I've looked into it and turns out there's this fantastic model of care. I hadn't heard about home birth before, but, you know, I can have this real gold-plated maternity care in the safety of my own home, in the comfort of my own home, and I didn't know this was available to me before. So is the system as it currently stands able to um, support this increase in home birth that we're seeing at the moment? No, it's not. And something that's really hard for me in my role and for many of us at Home Birth Australia is hearing the stories of birthing people who desperately want to access a home birth, but they can't. Um, And this might be because they don't have access to a publicly funded home birth program in their area. So because home birth is so uncommon, all around Australia, there are only 16 hospitals that offer a home birth program. In Victoria, there's only two. So what that means for Melbourne birthing people is if you don't live near Sunshine or Casey Hospital, you don't have the ability to have a publicly funded home birth. People might not be able to access home birth because they can't afford it. Because if you can't access a publicly funded home birth program, your only other option is to engage a midwife in private practice. Now, the out-of-pocket cost for that at the moment is about $5,000. That's not something that most people can afford. There are a range of things that uh, maternity groups have been working on for the past couple of years to try and make home birth more affordable, more accessible. The big thing that there's a push around at the moment is getting Medicare rebates for home birth because at the moment there aren't Medicare rebates and it's the only form of maternity care where there isn't that support from health funding. We've got Medicare rebates for the antenatal care. We've got Medicare rebates uh, for the postnatal care. But for the actual home birth, birthing part of the care, there aren't any rebates. And we consider this to be inequitable because every single other birthing person in Australia does get that financial support, but not home birth. There's been a review into the Medicare rebates that are provided for midwives in private practice, and that has recommended that rebates be created for home birth. There's there's an enormous amount of enthusiasm around this in the community because this would significantly bring down the price of home birth and make it a lot more accessible for a lot of families. This report has gone through um, consultation last year. It received, I think, over 300 submissions from families around Australia, really in support of these recommendations of creating home birth rebates on Medicare. It's gone through this whole bureaucratic process within um, the Medicare Benefit Review Program. And now where it's at is it's sitting with the Federal Minister for Health, Greg Hunt. And so what the maternity community is anxiously anticipating um, and hoping for is that the recommendations of this report are going to be implemented so that everybody has more access to home birth. And so what I'd say to anybody who is, um, you know, operating in the maternity space or who might be interested in home birth now or in the future, 
email your federal MP. Um, we've got a, a link on our Facebook page, um, which will send a link to your MP on on your behalf if you want. But yeah, get in contact with your federal MP and ask them to push for the implementation of these recommendations into this review into Medicare for midwives and private practice. If this is implemented, it's going to be game-changing for birthing people in Australia, for families, but also it's going to um, make home birth more sustainable as a model as well because the third barrier to access for home birth is the number of midwives in Australia. So right now there's only around about 100 midwives in private practice around the whole country. That's not enough. And we've got a demographic cliff as well for these guys because a lot of them are approaching retirement age. We're not seeing enough new midwives coming up through the ranks because home birth as a model right now is just not getting enough support from the government. So anything we can do to create more rebates for um, for home birth, to make it an option for more families, it means home birth is going to be more sustainable now and into the future. You've been listening to a conversation with Grace Sweeney from Home Birth Australia. We've been discussing the ways that birthing people are being impacted by the COVID-19 global pandemic and the campaign for a more sustainable home birth model in Australia. Women on the Line is produced in the Melbourne studios of Community Radio 3CR with the financial assistance of the Community Broadcasting Foundation. The show is distributed nationally by the Community Radio Network with special thanks to the Community Broadcasting Association of Australia. If you want to get in touch with the producers of the show, you can write to womenontheline at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter or like our page on Facebook. If you want to hear this show again or any of our previous programs, you can download the podcast from 3CR's website, 3cr.org.au. Go to the Women on the Line page and follow the links to this week's show. The theme song for Women on the Line is produced by Ripley Kavara. I'm Amy McMurtry. Thanks for tuning into the show.